Welcome to today's edition of the Paul List Comics and Culture Podcast. Every day I pick a comic and then I provide some analysis, discussion, and critical engagement. I'm Tu Ply on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I. My perspective is as a cultural critic, academic, and a teacher and preacher. So I try to be analytical since sometimes I get philosophical, sometimes I get a little spiritual. Well, since I do analysis of a comic's work each day for about 20 minutes, I do get into the details. So I always suggest that you read the work first, whether you buy it from your local retailer or digitally. Yes, that's a lightweight spoiler warning. All right, let's dig deep. Happy Saturday. It's July 2nd. Um... Saturday is our day for the uh, Saturday Super Friend. Uh, This is an unusual week, though, because it was the fifth Wednesday of the month. And so, although Marvel seemed to roll out quite a lot of titles, um, (laughs) regardless, DC um, held back. And maybe it's because they could have used the break month from the breakneck pace of their publishing strategy right now, which is to make most of their um, headline titles uh, bi-weekly. and so, or sometimes they call it double shipping. So the focus today is on um, something else, something that did come out, uh, although to be honest, I didn't read it and I'll explain it in a second. Um, but the, the focus today is actually on a digital first comic called DC Comics Bombshells. And the 50th um, digital issue or chapter um, was released um, this week. And the 50th um, issue is always of something significant. It's a little bit different, though, because the way that um, DCs, and this is true of some other publishers, too, but the way that they have rolled out digital comics is that they have, uh, or these digital first comics, is that um, there are several several differences. First, um, rather than uh, monthly installments, they've often... Um, had a strategy of weekly installments so that it feels more like webcomics to those who enter the market from uh, more of a webcomic background. Or even, in some ways, there's um, affinities with manga and, you know, there's certain kinds of manga distribution that occurred weekly. Um, That means that the installments are shorter and if you compile three of them together, you roughly have a traditional um, uh, comic book issue. And so they, they release weekly, they're sort of uh, three to, um, to an issue, and then what they've done is generally collected the three-ish um, installments or chapters into a single issue, released the single issues, and then, um, and then published them in the traditional publishing route of issues and trade paperbacks and so forth. Um, this is something that DC has done um, a, l- a little bit more, and it's pretty easy to see, based on the titles that they do this with, that what they're trying to do is draw in a market that's more used to, as I said, reading with web comics um, or other platforms. Uh, for instance, some of the comics that are outside of the sort of main continuity, um, you know, the shared universe of all the other um, comics uh, in their line, um, are ones that are affiliated, for instance, with the the, um, the CW TV shows. Um, and such as uh, the Supergirl title, the um, Arrow. Um, I'm not sure if there's been a Flash digital first series. Marvel's done a, a similar things, and, and uh, of course other publishers have gone digital first. And um, I think that has some significance because the idea, you know, sort of um, maybe, well, it's explicitly said, and sometimes it's 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 a little bit masked, like they don't feel the need to explain it, is that... Um, 
there are certain readers of comics that really come to them not through the traditional and often, um, can we say, a high cultural barrier of entry uh, route of the comic shops that um, comics have traditionally been sold in. Um, because a, a lot of times, uh, for many people, and this is changing um, rapidly, but for many people, the comic shop was an alienating place um, in terms of your identity. If you didn't resemble the, let's say, the comic book guy in The Simpsons, um, you know, ponytail, um, <laughs> uh, male, white, uh, y- you had a certain certain reasons to feel either unwelcome or just or not quite fitting in and you know i just want to give um guys white guys with ponytails their fair due sometimes they would have loved to have the company and um share the joy of their comics interests with others but um but maybe they themselves you know were um uh not treated as a desirable um association and uh so but but i think more often than not um people uh walked into a comic shop and felt unwelcome because of who they were um and um and so i you know i think for myself and i should say as we get into talking about dc bombshells that there's going to be a a little bit of self-conscious mansplaining going on here um i am a cisgendered male um hetero male um and a um i'm a person of color um person of chinese descent as anyone who's listened has heard me say. Um, and I don't mean to talk uh, outside of my my position, really. Actually, I think the, the, what I want to say about DC Bombshells is about ways that I see this art um, subjectivizing the um, objectified image, and I think it's a, it's a very powerful thing. And so um, I say that uh, mindful of my own um, identity and, and performativity as a male. Um, but I... I um, I know the experience of going to a comic shop uh, can be isolating for people. It certainly was for me as a as a kid, um, as an immigrant. Um, uh, but you know, I had for myself the fact of being several things: of being Chinese, of being um, a, a guy. Um, I remember an experience of being asked out of an art store because. I was suspected, I, I think, of being a shoplifter. Um, I've had experiences like that that um, have reminded me of, of being another. Um, and at the same time, I have um, benefited from all kinds of privilege um, as a male um, at, and even as a specifically an Asian American, which is, of course, a double-edged sword. But um, that's not for today. Um, but to talk about Bombshells, I think what Bombshells has done is, and many digital comics actually have done, because their appeal is, um, I think, more to younger audiences who access comics primarily through the computer screen. So that actually, <laughs> I I lost my, my track there. Another difference between these uh, digital first releases is that they come out in a horizontal design. And what they do is when they you know publish them as single issues, they basically take two of the horizontal pages and make them a vertical one. Uh, the horizontal design, of course, makes more sense for um, a screen. And so the, the bombshell issues are in, in this horizontal design that you read. Okay, so bombshells started in 2015, and um, it, uh, it actually started earlier than that um, from the work of an artist named Aunt Lucia, who um, had this artistic style that was mostly used in uh, covers and posters 
I hesitate to say pinups, um, where she was really doing something um, interesting. And what she was doing was she was depicting um, particularly heroines from the DC universe. Um, and there was a series, a couple series of variant covers, I believe, of titles where um, it, heroines and, and also anti-heroines or whatever, uh, your Harley Quinns and Poison Ivies and so forth, um, were drawn in, in the style of the um, sort of 1940s and past era of, you know, of um, pinups. Um, you know, I, I think, of course, of the kind of things that soldiers would um you know, post on their uh, wall or, or keep hidden in their lockers uh, and the kind of things, you know, something between that and um, Rosie the Riveter and um, and her descendants and antecedents, the, the sort of um, empowered female um, image of that time. And so, and so in just laying out those two contrasting uh, reference points, I think that there is an... Um, a kind of ambivalence, one where the the female image and figure is objectified, um, and you know, some ranging anywhere from um, I don't know uh, from worshipful to to salacious, um, and then another where I think there's an empowered uh, sense of the um, female figure and capacity and. Um, a sense of ownership of the of the female body and uh, and a sense of um, the ability to co-opt and appropriate um, you know the the garb and the um, the heroic kind of uniform of um, what's what has been you know in a patriarchal society typically masculine roles um, and the ability to say as Rosie the Riveter does you know we can do it um, and so Aunt Lucia's bombshell covers um, were hugely popular, and I think they spoke to something in our times, which it, which is that um, if you are an objectified other, you don't have to choose between embracing the strength of your of your objectified image, and presenting a subjectivity within that, presenting your ability to. Uh, determine uh, to exercise autonomy to um, gain and 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 appropriate strength from that um, and so much of that is is so conscious of, of physical representation because um, for folks who are objectified others um, especially as it pertains to their skin color their um, expressed gender their um, uh, their able ability or disability um, it is your body it's 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 your body that you're judged by and to be able to take back your body and to be able to say uh, I'm able to make of my body what I will and to use what you may um, you may do in objectifying me uh, for my own power um, but but to also be able to um, to within that be who I am and be different. Um, I think that is the empowering move for um, for many other people. Um, and I and I, you know, don't say this. Uh, as I said, I'm a cisgendered male, um, and I'm not going to throw out some kind of false credentials that I understand what it's like to be a woman. I I take all this from the the benefit of learning from um, wise others who have taught me. 
Um, but I also say this from the experience of being um, an Asian American or a, Ch a Chinese person, and to know that um, to know the way that images can hurt and how powerful it is to take those images that hurt and make that part of your um, strengthening. So um, bombshells as covers um, had a kind of reclamation power, and um, you know I think there was some some uncertainty. You could see it in the the way that the media received this, you know, is this supposed to be titillating? Uh, is this, you know, reverting to a prior era that we've gone beyond because after, you know, third wave feminism, we are looking for, um, you know, we're, we're not trying to, um, you know, spill our bodies out for display for all to see. Um, I think uh, there was something resonant for readers who, said that we want to be able to glory in the beauty of who we are, in the beauty of what others, <clears throat> what others, uh, you know, would gaze upon and want to control and really say that we are in control, we're in the driver's seat. Um, that was the response, I think, to bombshells. And the ambivalence from critics, I think, reflects that, our, you know, this is still, I think, a move that is, um, that is, it's assured from those who make it, but still uncertain from those who might receive it. <laughs> Let's say the media, the um, broader culture still is coming to understand what this kind of um, performance of gender or performance of, of self um, means. I'll take that now to, to DC bombshells. Now, I said that I haven't read up to 50. I actually have only read up to about 12 at first, I, st I was um, buying the the individual issues, um, and you know this this is something for me to say honestly about digital comics is I enjoy them, I've read them. Um, it's also just inconvenient because it's outside of my normal um, cycle. You know, I tend to cycle through the 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 um, monthly issues, you know, and the trade paperbacks, and I, I realize that that's it's not a better or worse thing. It's really my own deficiency um, that I don't keep up well with the weekly comics that the size is not the kind that I've become accustomed and trained to read. Um, I'm not a huge webcomic reader and um, um, a monthly, I mean a weekly uh, installment is something I'm just not used to. Um, you'd think that being a, a newspaper comic strip fan, I'd I'd get that and, and I could, I could see myself getting that. Um, but you know, it's my own um, sort of lack of keeping up and, and nothing bad about the Bombshell series. In fact, you know, I think it's it's really fun. Um, the writer is Marguerite Bennett. The um, artists are a variety of artists. Um, Aunt Lucia does the covers, but the artists include uh, Marguerite Savage, who wrote, who I think was a significant choice in um, being the first artist of the first uh, sort of three issues, three installments, three chapters of this. Um, other artists have have followed. Uh, Laura Braga, I want to say, is the name of one of them, and um, a few others. Uh, men and women, um, but I think it was important to have a, a women, uh, woman-centered creative team on this book at the outset, especially. And and Marguerite Bennett does Marguerite Bennett things um, in this, and I'll explain what that means. Um, but it was important to have a woman-centered uh, creator team because because the initial um, look, um, the optics of this series threatened to be what DC has so often been, which is the publisher of you know, the superhero power girl who has the um, unfortunate rectangle on her chest for which seems to serve no other purpose but to um, show her cleavage. 
Um, <laughs> DC hasn't always been, um, let's say, at the forefront of revolutionary change. Although, um, although even then, I think that part of what Bombshells is doing is, as a reclamation project, is to say that even in the most um, patriarchal, uh, misogynist um, media production or cultural production, there is often um, inevitably, and you can take this in a deconstructionist fashion, or you could do a Judith Butler reading on this or whatever, but there's a thread, a, a presence of um, something that you would like to subjugate, but but there's vitality, there's a, a, a strain to pick up on. And so, um, you know, so many female characters from the golden age, the quote-unquote golden age, were, you know, really... Uh, female foils um they were created you know you had your batman so you had to have a batwoman or a batgirl you had your superman so you had to have a supergirl and um and you know um the the sort of otherization and uh, uh, objectification and and sometimes really uh, an attempt to to co-opt the market because you had girl comic readers and you wanted to draw them in so you just made a girl version of your male you know uh male centric heroes um i think um what this project really does is it really starts with the um it starts with the the female uh it starts with the woman and um and really goes from there without reference and without the necessity of the male counterpart or the male really the male gaze and and i think that's what is um maybe initially unsettling for you know some old school readers about this text is that it's feminist without needing to brandish its feminism. It's feminist in just in the plain old sense of, hey, we're here, we create our image, we write our stories, and we, um, we, we are empowered, period, full stop. And, um, you know, Margaret Bennett, of course, is, is self-aware and um, conscious of, of spreading these heroes out across the world, for instance, so that various allied powers, oh, I... And I failed to say it's set in World War II. It starts with a sort of a league of our own um, team of players. You have um, uh, characters that are traditionally part of the DC universe reimagined in the 1940s. So your Batwoman, um, uh, Kate Kane, and um, uh, all, it's Supergirl, you know, in this case, hails from Russia. And so you have your superheroes from various allied powers. Um, Wonder Woman um, jumps into the, into the fray from the mascara with... Uh, sort of a, a twist on the traditional origin story of finding Steve Trevor, a washed up soldier on the shores of her Greek island of Amazonians and so forth. So um, the <laughs> the um, heroes kind of come together and uh, you can see them being uh, put into the theater of war. And then of course you have also your sort of anti-hero-ish characters um, in, in Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. So all these threads of the DC universe that were um, so often the women created in, as again, like I said, a, a, a counterpart or stepsister to the um, male heroes are sort of pr put front and center. And I think um, you have queer characters, you have superheroes of color, um, uh, and there's a, a real, um, I, I would say there's a, there is a conscious attempt to be um, subversive of the, you know, what's traditionally center and periphery in um in the the superhero narrative in terms of identity but there's also a real um i think a real freedom in saying we're not here primarily with a bone to pick um 
we are just telling a dang good uh, story that mounts up over time and that runs in the rhythms of, well, you know, <laughs> I think there's a, a remarkable writing feat that Margaret, uh, Margaret Bennett does in, in being able to write traditional superheroes, uh, weekly webcomic um, rhythms and timing, um, and mounting a pretty massive story. When it started, I didn't know how long it would run. It's now at 50, um, and um, and I can see by uh, already with issue 12, or installment 12, I guess, um, how large this story is mounting and why it would go all the way to the 50 installments. Uh, I, you know, we're talking about roughly the equivalent here of your of 20-ish um, uh, traditional comic issues, and uh, and that's a hefty story. And I think it's it's really going to pay off, and I'm really excited um, to read it through. Um, I'm planning to read it. I thought about you know I basically decided at one point that I would wait until the installments turned into issues and the issues turned into trades and then read them in, in trade form. Um, but you know, even talking about it, I'm, I'm just, I enjoy what it's doing so much that I may just go back and plunk down the, the 99 cents each on Comixology to pick up the, uh, installments and get caught up. Um, so Bombshells 50 just came out. Um, I, I would love to hear somebody who has been reading it. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how the form then uh, and the format is a, pos a space of possibility, um, a space of um, alternative, um, a space of, um, I don't know, maybe a entry. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, um, you know, the, the um, depiction of men uh, and how it reflects the, um, the project of this book. Um, I'd love to hear your, your feelings about whether it's a, exciting superhero story and and how it um does awesome things i'd love to hear your analysis um i realize that you know in my intro i claim this to be a 20-minute uh, daily analysis in 20 minutes you barely got the intro done and uh and that's probably the case for me uh here <laughs> i think anybody who's actually read the book is chomping at the bit and saying hey we we, we didn't get any analysis you just spent a whole lot of time bloviating about um your your male version of uh, feminism. <laughs> so all apologies, um, but maybe let, let me let it serve as an invitation to hear from you. Um, I've submitted this um, podcast to iTunes and um, would love for it to be a dialogue. Um, I think I'm boring enough that I've weeded out anyone who is not interested in this kind of discourse, which um, I'm probably fine with. And um, if it comes to this eventually and you want to leave comments, I'm, I'm open to your critique and happy to um, hear it. Um, I, as I always say, I just got to do me and this is sort of my own daily outlet to put down my thoughts, um, my own ongoing empirical analysis of comics to build up my own frame of thinking about them. Um, but I can be found at Tuply on Twitter um, and also you can email me at uh, twoplai at gmail. I think um, tomorrow's Sunday Scholar is going to be uh, Bending Steel, Modernity and Superheroes, and um, hope that you will join me then. All right, keep reading.